0: cougs house all right football practice starts today hope you got some questions because i got six of them let's jump in you are locked on Coogs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Cougs Daily Podcast, but your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. We are approaching that 750 subscriber mark, so remember, when we get there, we're going to be giving away the Galen Robinson-designed Letterman jacket. It's a size extra large, so to make sure we get there, make sure you subscribe, and like and comment the video. We're going to be giving it out to someone who comments. If after talking about spring football practice, you got nothing else to say, Tell us what your favorite superpower would be. All right. So speaking of superheroes and superpowers, we're going to be talking all about spring football today because practice does start today. Uh, we're we'll talking some in the about the QB battle and the running back room in the first segment. Second segment, kind of switching into offensive coaching and wide receiver formations and who's on the depth chart, where and how all that blends together. And then the third segment, we'll look at some of the defensive stuff because frankly that's even more vague and like the questions then have to be even more vague but in this first segment let's talk some about the quarterback battle yes i'm talking about donovan smith and lucas coley the two guys coming in fighting for the spot to replace quarterback clayton toon as he is spending the week at the nfl combine trying to make a bunch of a bunch of money next year uh with all of that said i think we need to make sure we lay out the two guys no one uh Donovan Smith transferred in just a couple months ago at this point from Texas Tech. We did a little bit of a preview on him. That is linked in uh, the description. So if you go back and check out the initial reaction to that, Um, I'm obviously somewhat of a fan of him, uh, if you can't tell by the initial video. But he is 6'5", 240. I will say he looks a little bit slimmer than that when you watch him run and things. He is a true running quarterback. Three-star athlete out of high school uh, was a wide receiver for most of his high school career at the uh, heralded Bishop Gorman program in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, he then went to a small town outside of Lubbock to go to uh, Friendship High School in Wolfert, Texas. Uh, his father was coaching on the Texas Tech staff at that point, so he was obviously there at that place. Though, that's where he got his first real run at quarterback. Tech used him as a starter when guys were injured. A little bit at the start of the season, he started games, including against Houston, where he beat Houston. Um, and you got to see him a little bit more as the year went on, uh, as more of a wildcat guy once he got demoted. Lucas Coley comes in from Arkansas. He is a San Antonio product, a private school kid, um, Cornerstone Christian. If I'm reading my notes here correctly, oh, my handwriting's not the greatest. Um, but he is also a dual threat quarterback. He was a three-star dual threat quarterback. So Smith was a three-star athlete. Coley's a three-star dual threat quarterback. He is more like 6'1", 220. Um, I thought it was interesting that he transferred in last spring at the end of spring ball from Arkansas. Uh, it, so he came in from Arkansas, had the sec offer wanted to come to Houston, get back closer at home and Houston moving the big 12 next season. So we knew after a year behind Clayton too, and he could get come play some big 12 football, a big, big time competition between them. Uh, we also talked about uh, Indy Ouija, who we mentioned a few episodes, a few weeks ago back at this point, he's going to be looking like he's coming in from Pasadena, California. I don't know if he's, going to be aiming to compete to start this year by any stretch. Uh, He has some growing to do, but some nice natural tools. Um, And so it looks like it's going to be coming down between Smith and Coley for now. And I say for now because in his media availability on Monday, Dana Holgers was really, really quick to point out that at the end of the day, they have a fourth spot in their room to add a fourth quarterback. And if someone, if the right person, the right fit for the culture and team, were to pop up in May or in April and May in that availability, they would take someone to add to the competition. Competition is what everyone's pushing for here, and um, he wants it to be the extreme thing that lifts Holgerson, that is, wants it to lift everyone's level of play. Now, Holgerson also said at this point, it looks like Coley is ahead of Smith, so I imagine it means Coley gets first team reps. Um, It's his second year in the program, second year in the system, and so theoretically, he's going to be kind of, more comfortable calling a huddle, more comfortable doing all the different ins and outs, the minutia of being a quarterback. Um, I do think they're going to give both guys a real fair shot at this, though. Uh, I don't think Donovan Smith would have come, frankly, if he didn't have that real shot. He could have been a bench quarterback in the Big 12 where he was. Um, I think big, big differences between the two are uh, Donovan Smith. Again, he's listed 6'5", 240. He looks on film and stuff like that closer to like 225, 230, but he may, you know, put on some good weight. Um, and he runs like he's bigger than the two forty. Like I, I noted it when watching him run, he runs stronger than he looks. And then he weighs in at two forty. Like, oh, maybe he actually runs like he's two forty, right? Coley has a little bit more wiggle in his get up, but admittedly, I'm having to watch his high school tape because he didn't get in the field a whole lot of Arkansas and he didn't show off the wheels a whole lot. When he was at Houston last season. As far as where they throw the ball best um i actually think smith throws a better ball between the hashes Coley's has a pretty good job at finding the pockets along the sideline which you kind of wish you could put both guys together in that aspect coley again i'm watching a lot of high school tape but i think he really really likes the deep ball he had a couple of really talented receivers in san antonio um worth pointing out coley also if you want to go back and watch like talking about watching old tape he was on Friday Night Tykes. Why did no one tell me this? <laughs> really, really funny to watch those old shows. Uh, shout out to Kevin Smith, who's on the Yokum Outlaws as well. Uh, love because. So, what I will say is that the other thing here is that if he throws those deep balls well, I worry about him going at the middle of the field where the defense is because big total defenses will be fast and all those things, right? Uh, Donovan Smith, we saw him put the ball in the middle field pretty well last year. He puts a lot of zip on it, a little bit more of a sidearm release. He's really, really spin it in the middle pretty well. Both options work well in this RPO kind of game that their legs build them for. Um, the one downfall to Smith is that he – so positives. The last season, at one point, he led the Big 12 in attempts, completions, yards, and touchdowns. The negative is he also led the Big 12 in turnovers. And so that's why he didn't stick as a starter there. You hope that with, you know, uh, guru like Dana Holgerson would hold himself up to be, that maybe you don't have to worry about those kinds of things – or you might think you can coach those out of that kind of a guy. Uh, Mike Brichette is also the quarterback coach. We're going to get the coaching stuff later. But, you know, as a up-and-coming quarterback coach, is he the kind of guy that maybe can help work some of that stuff out of him, uh, you know, relate to him as a young guy and those kinds of things. We shall see. I did like that Donovan Smith, even though he did turn the ball over a lot for my liking, uh, any is a lot for my liking, I do like that he's really, really quick in his decisions. Uh, Lucas Coley, however, I want to see how he adjusts to full-speed football. We haven't seen him play a lot of full-speed football in a long time, and that would be what I look at there. We'll be following this fairly closely throughout all of spring ball, and obviously the spring game happens on April 7th. But I want to like reiterate that this does appear to be a real competition and Coley will take the first snaps quickly before we run out of time in the first segment. I do want to talk a little bit about the running back room because I don't know how realistic of a look we're going to get at it. So I don't know how much time to really spend on it. Um, we heard that Campbell, uh, that is, oh, oh, I just lost my page here. Um, we did hear that Brandon Campbell will be out until the summer with what appears to be a shoulder injury. Um, didn't hear a whole lot more outside of it than that, but he won't be competing, uh, all McCaskill, who had a fantastic—I mean—set the freshman touchdown rushing record in 2021 for the University of Houston. Well, he missed all 2022 with an ACL injury. He will still be limited um, in the spring practices. Obviously, we know we got there, <clears throat> but I, I do think it's interesting that like both of those guys, I would think, would be competing for starter snaps. Um, Stacey Sneed, I liked a lot last year. He's more of a quick guy, a quick back. Um, he, I think, will take a lot of the reps in the spring practices. Um, as far as running backs go, you've also got a Kalon Walker and Maurice Reed. Um, and that'll be kind of how the spring practices go. Um, Maurice Reed's a transfer from D3 Austin College. Um, 5'10", Buck 85, I think just a work-hard kid. I don't know how realistic it is that he can get in the starting rotation with so many guys in the running back room, right? Um, I, I think it's just going to be a lot of the Sneed show as far as high-end runs go in spring practice. That said, we did find out early that we have some big-time track stars coming into Houston at the running back position uh, that are running track in high school currently. Will they be able to compete next season? I'm not so sure. But we will see if like Parker Jenkins out of Klein Forest, who is running really, really fast 100 times if you're a track guy. Um, will he come in and compete for some of that speed back type of run early on? Uh, Sean Sanford out of uh, Harker Heights, like 5'9", 170, got a lot of wiggle in football, also apparently has a decent track speed, uh, uh, track numbers, right? And so where do those things kind of go And I don't know what the correct answer to that is, but I do know that I don't feel like we'll have that answer at the end of spring ball. So if that is one of your questions, that's one of my questions like a week ago until we found out more about injuries and things like that. That's one of your questions. I don't think you and I are going to get those answers quite yet. If you are looking for an answer, though, and you have a New Year's resolution to keep up with, let's talk a little bit about built bar now built bar is one of the best most delicious treats without all the fat and calories we just got through the holidays and i know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year trust me i know it doesn't quite look like it but i really am uh, if you're like me you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste then i've got the thing for you you got to try built with built healthy it's actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you perfect for your new year's resolution what makes built bar so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate that's right Real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Most bars are just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about getting your order at Built.com, but now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of quicks and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's club, you're and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Thank me later. I'm going to recommend that coconut almond. You know, I talk about this all the time. But I'm telling you it tastes like an almond joy. All right. So my second series of questions were more about the coaching staff schematics and things like that. Obviously, Houston is waving goodbye to Shannon Dawson that was a notable as uh, we did a whole little bit on that a couple weeks ago uh, he's heading to the University of Miami and one of the questions that uh, he that coach was asked on um, Monday's availability before spring practices started on started on Tuesday uh, was how will that impact play calling obviously coaches complimentary of Shannon and told you know the the everyone listening that, you know, it he's got the best opportunity for him, all those kinds of things. Um, and I don't mean to say like it sounded cheesy. I just mean like of course he did, right? Um, Holgerson mentioned that he will be heavily involved in play calling. He also mentioned quarterback coach Mike bruschett could also be involved. Burchette will be up in the box above, looking down, and the way they work back and forth will be uh interesting to watch. negavi will be running the run game still. He will not be promoted to straight up offensive coordinator quite yet, it doesn't sound like and so what I could see happening is some conglomeration of Holgerson and Burchette calling plays. Sounds like it may be up to Holgerson to signal them in or get them in. And then uh, with any run kind of situation, Hey, it's third and two, we need a run play. That's going to call up Nagavi for the run. Um, as far as those kinds of things go, um, it, it was interesting that like Holgerson didn't seem that upset about any of it on Monday and mentioned that like, Holgerson himself and been so involved in the offense that they don't feel, quote, I believe it was jammed up with him leaving, with Dawson leaving, right? So I, I think that they feel comfortable with where things are going with that. At least they look to, like, they feel more comfortable than I am with where things are going with that. Not, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go. We'll see how the spring game goes. I don't know if we'll be able to see that in spring practice yet. What we'll see at spring practice, though, is Houston is bringing eight offensive linemen back and adding transfer Jalen Garth. Jalen Garth, I obviously remember, transferred in from UT Austin at the start of last season, but was not cleared to play in the fall of 2022. That's a lot of returning beef up front, and that is a good thing as Houston heads into the Big 12. One of the biggest jumps you're going to see in going from American Athletic Conference play to the Big 12, it's really twofold. One, it's the big fellas, right? The bigger guys are bigger and stronger and faster. That's just the way Power 5 football rolls. And frankly, that's kind of why, you know, Houston is so dead set on bringing these guys back and continuing to develop them. And I'm sure we'll look for some disgruntled giants in the next transfer portal. Um, but also, you'll notice the depth of a lot of guys. So, like, there other teams' uh, second and third and fourth wide receiver option will all be as fast as a number one wide receiver option might have been across most of the American Athletic Conference. So the drop-off in depth won't quite be there. I think Houston looks like they're building kind of towards both of those things. It'll be interesting to see how this offensive line group with Patrick Paul and, and all those guys, like how do those guys translate into with using their experience where they're not quite the size. Paul is pretty big, uh, but not quite the size of a typical Power 5 offensive line. Does their experience and playing together for so long help that? Also, we've seen Nagabi do great work in his first year at Tulane last year, or even go further back down his coaching resume as an offensive line coach. Uh, really, really great at getting guys to get rid of penalties. And for the most penalized team in college football last year, that's really, really important. So, what does his impact look like on the team? And frankly, I'm interested to see because I'm kind of an ex is no sicko. Uh, when you see Nagavi take those first you know, reps at practice or run those first reps of run plays at practice, like we called it nine on seven, where you had like inside run period, right? In those kinds of periods, when do you see uh, like going to more of a traditional zone set instead of block down, kick out kind of stuff? Or, or do you see quarterback powers happening because the two quarterbacks you got behind it now, as opposed to Clayton Toon? A year ago, right? Holgers was real quick to say that he doesn't want to run guys in the ground just to run them into the ground, but he is open to running the quarterback more next season because that's where these kids' talents are, and so does that look like? The other thing about what this looks like takes me to my next question in formations and X's, No's, and those kinds of things on offense, and that is, what kind of personnel will Houston spend most of their time in? Nagavi is more of an 11 and 12 personnel guy. He's got a tight end and an H-back or a pair of H-backs, back there that are more blocking type bodies Houston has always had under Holgerson both this time and when he came as an offensive coordinator a bunch of speed at receiver right and so what does it look like when you've got all that wide receiver talent and only three of them on the field some of the t- a lot of the time right um, obviously Matthew golden uh, he's said the receiving touchdown record for the UH last season uh, he'll be returning for his sophomore campaign. And I'm assuming we'll draw a double team every time he steps on the field now that Tank Dell is not around, right? Tank Dell also at the NFL Combine this week trying to make a bunch of money next fall. Best of luck to you, Tank. Hope, hope it's an early draft pick. I, I, think, I think he's got a real shot, guys. I think he's got a real, real shot. Um, but on top of Matthew Golden returning, you also bring back Sam Brown and Joseph Manjak. Um, those are three guys that I think all, if you ask them today, anticipate like having big big roles in the office next year because tankdale stepped away makes total sense but you also have mikhail harrison pilot one of the highest ranked recruits to ever come to the university of houston and while he was dubbed an athlete on every single recruiting board he most notably fits in as a route running pass catcher right could he do some wildcat quarterback yes could he come downhill from the box of a safety sure could he lock up the other team's best guy as a corner? Yeah, but he's such a natural, crisp route runner in and out of, and out of breaks, on his toes the whole time, uh, but in a weird way that he can also get his cleats in the ground, make a cut, cut plant, and full speed out of the breaks. Really, really talented guy getting open to get the football. I think he has to also play receiver. And then suddenly you're looking at like, oh, man, like that's four guys that all need to play a bunch of snaps So wide out and you haven't even mentioned the other transfer guys right Josh Cobb's comes in uh he's coming in from Oklahoma, from Wyoming right he was a big possession type guy 6'4 200 big receiver you got to find ways for him to get in the game or can he play that tight end h back spot for Nagabi, right um you also let me make sure i got the guys Name right, uh, you've got uh, Stephon Johnson. Stefan, I always want to say Steven. Stephon Johnson coming in. He's a 6'2", 185, and he's more of a, a deep threat kind of guy. I don't mean to say he can't get the intricacies of the in-and-out kind of routes and stuff, but he is a deep threat kind of guy. And so what do you do to get them the ball? without taking stuff away from your other receivers? And are you limiting yourself in being an 11 and 12 personnel? One running back, two tight ends, right? One running back, one tight end, like 11, and 1, 12, 1 and 2. If you're limiting yourself in those instances, how do you make sure you get these guys on the field and get the ball? And if someone's getting squeezed out, who is it? Because I don't think you redshirt McHale. I could see redshirting other freshmen and they've got other freshmen coming in that will do very like Jacoby banks is going to be a great big 12 receiver. I think the room is so busy. I could see him getting redshirted just to maximize his time on campus, right? Nothing against the kid. He's from Fort Bend Marshall, talented, talented kid. One of the city's best. He, I just, the room's busy. I bet he gets redshirted. We'll see. Maybe he can take some snaps away from somebody else. And, and you know, who knows, but I, I just, the room is so busy. You know who knows. Um, I if someone's going to get squeezed out, where did that come from? Are the guys able to like all share the rock and and like he gets five targets, he gets five targets, he gets five targets, as opposed to anyone getting ten targets? I we'll see. We also just got to see how they get on the field all at the same time and what it looks like with them on the field in spring practice. And the third segment, I did say I wanted to talk defense. So let's talk about some defense. Obviously the D line has been the core of the defense for the bulk of this Dana Holgerson run sack Avenue. It's a real thing. Uh, Frankly, for all the faults in the defense last year, pro football focus analytics, everywhere across the board, ranked the defensive line, very, very high because they were very high performing. Um, Now, could they get, if you got past the D-line, it felt like you scored a touchdown. Certainly felt that way in the SMU game. Um, Don Wonko and Caesar Nelson are back and, frankly, had such big years last year. I'm sure they're looking to kind of solidify their future pro status by playing that well again in the Big 12. Um, frankly, they're set up to be kind of the stars of next season. But in that D-line room, they never really replaced Derek Parrish a year ago. And they've got to find a way to replace him now. They also have to find a way to replace De'Anthony Jones, who is going to take his turn at trying out for the NFL as well. Um, He is not at the combine notably right now, but he will be at pro day and will be trying out and will be attempting to be drafted. I think he's a third, fourth round pick. We'll see. Not for this episode, right? Um, But all of that is to say that they had trouble replacing Paris a year ago. They still have to do it and they got to do it while replacing Anthony Jones. So I look to the transfer window for big fellas, especially in moving into Power 5 football, and the first thing that jumps off the board to me is Jalen Hunt, um, his most recent height and weight I've seen across the board. Let's pull up to make sure we got the U of H official. Um, but I, I feel like what's interesting here is he started off high college at like 6'3", 240, right? And then when you pull up Jalen Hunt more recently, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Too many of these guys. Um, he's at more like 320, right? Like somewhere in the middle, there were probably be where he is come next fall. However, in doing all of that, I don't know if he's a three technique, a nose tackle, or an edge guy. He started off college as an edge guy. He played some on the inside. I wonder with Dot and Wonko there as he move out to that three tech, where does he end up? flowing in the defensive line. Right. I think a big bite like that though will be ready for Big 12 play. And thus you'll be able to see him pretty quickly and pretty early on. Um the other guys I think is worth pointing out, um, you got Ish Harris coming in from Oklahoma. Um, he's going to move down and put his hand more in the or in the dirt more often, I should say. At Oklahoma, he played more of a linebacker. Um now, I, I don't mean to say I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong guy. I'm on <laughs> uh ish harris is coming from a and m same position i just got the school wrong um coming down to put his hand in the dirt um he's more of an edge guy at a and m he had a lot more traditional linebacker play at u of h he's going to come down and be an edge rusher uh, i could see him being the weaker side defensive end more of a pass rush specialist opposite nelson caesar he was a four-star kid at a pilot point texas way up north almost in oklahoma um I he's long arm 6'3. Um, I, I could see him being a really effective pass rusher early on, and frankly, when you're translating at, you know, into transferring into the Big 12 again, you want some you know strength up front, you want to have the right kind of big guys. He's the pass rushing big guy. Uh, David Agwegbu, who is the Oklahoma transfer, I was thinking of when I got my schools backward from Katy, Texas, originally is transferring back home to U of H and he is also coming down to put his hand in the dirt more often. He had a lot more of a career at Oklahoma. He's a 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260 range kind of guy um, depending on what measurements you're looking at. And I could see him kind of being a versatile three tech, five tech, nine tech, a bunch of different positions along the edges of the defensive line. Um, I could see him coming in to spell Caesar. I could see him coming in to spell on the weak side. I could see him coming in to spell at the three technique in a pass down situation. Um, got linebacker speed down there coming off the edge. Um, can those guys that transferred in replace Parish, replace Anthony, Anthony Jones? I think so. They just look a lot different, right? Parish was built like a brick house, right? None of these guys quite have that. They got a little bit more speed, a little more wiggle, a little better hands, but Parrish being a brick house, has his jersey in the Texas College, or the College, National College Football Hall of Fame because of performances like he did against Texas Tech last fall, right? Like, he is a really, really good pass rusher that will also build stop the run, and so what does Houston look like without all this? Without all of that, I should say. Um, we'll see. There are other questions to be said about the defense. Um, obviously, Belk's defense was kind of under a lot of fire last year after giving up 77 points to SMU. And, you know, they gave a lot of points to Temple and a lot of points early on the season to Rice. And they got run all over by every time they played a running quarterback, and whether it was Kansas or Tulsa, right? Like rushing quarterbacks gave them a problem and they're not going away in the Big 12. And so, how do you do that? Um, worth pointing out, it sounds like Malik Robinson is going to be back. Um, we'll look at any other guys that are back and active from injured reserve. Uh, Didn't get as many of those defensive side of the ball questions and media availability. Um, They look like a several online working out when you watch like the workout clips and all those kinds of the clips that go viral, make a little hype to to go work out. And then by the time you get to the gym, you're like, energy's died yet. Those clips, um, lots of guys that would have been on the IR last season are in those clips working out but whether or not they have their helmets and shoulder pads on this week will remain to be seen. Um, the biggest, I think, interesting thing that Holgerson said about the defense and its availability on Monday that makes me wonder something is he talks about moving uh, Hip Light into the linebacker room, getting him down close to the line of scrimmage and putting him in the box. What I wonder is, is that we're looking at more of a 4 two, five kind of down the box? Like, is he really just a down safety is he getting more in between the tackles down the box and more plugging holes as a linebacker? Um, what are they doing? And then, frankly, with how much they have to replace on the back half of the defense, what are they going to do to replace them? I mean, Hassan Hippolyte is a senior, uh, so I would imagine he knows the defense in a way that can he orchestrate and like get people in the right spots as a uh, linebacker of sorts. Yes, I was just surprised to see to hear the guy that's like five ten and change and two fifteen ish is going to be down the box that much more. But coach talked about condensing his space, getting close line of scrimmage, and i I will see. I will say that I'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, as far as other DBs go, Adari Halsey is the transfer in from uh, New Mexico. How does he fit in? Where does he fit in? He went from Fort Ben Marshall, got the one year in New Mexico, and lit it up. Right, this could be a great coming home story for him in a lot of ways. Six foot, two fifteen, runs well, follows a hit well, tracks the ball well. Could be a cool, cool story to tell once he goes off as Houston goes in the Big Twelve next season. Um, I am excited to watch him in one on ones against guys like Matthew Golden, same age, same everything. Right, both from Houston. Um, really, really fun way to go about it, and like it'll be interesting to see how he. Plays in the spring. Um, lots of questions and not a whole lot of answers as we go into spring ball, but we're hoping to answer them literally later today, <laughs> right? So if you are tracking spring football or want to talk about spring football, I want to talk about Cougar basketball, the Houston Rock, I can even talk about the Rockets. They're kind of depressing. The Astros, the Texans, and which of these former Cougars they may end up drafting come late April. I'm happy to talk about all those things at Painsworth512. That's at P A I N S. W-O-R-T, That's painsworth five one two. That's P a i n s w o r t h five one two on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your various social media handles. Thank you much for so much for tuning into the show today. Remember, you can find us each and every morning at Locked On Cougs, wherever you get your podcast that's youtube spotify apple podcast and more we appreciate you subscribing liking giving us a thumbs up commenting on the video telling us what you thought or what other questions you had about spring ball as well remember at 750 we're giving away a jacket to some lucky subscriber that is commenting on videos thank you so much for making it through the show today if you're looking for a second listen of the day i'm gonna recommend lockdown big 12 josh does a great job of talking about the conference expansion the ever-changing college sports landscape and he does it from the lens of the conference that we're all practicing to be in, literally today. There's a cool like YouTube or not a the cool like Twitter and Instagram clip of them like stitching the Big 12 logo on the jerseys. Yeah, those jerseys are because we're in that conference, and he's talking all about all the time. So Go check out Josh as well. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Cougs your first listen today. Locked On Cougs is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.